Super Talk Mississippi media production. All free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, happy Monday afternoon to you. Welcome to another week of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Kelly Sander joining us later in the show. We're glad you're with us. Robert Bird, who is a referee for both high school and college sports throughout Mississippi, is also the state director of the Baseball Players Organization. He's going to be joining us, our association, going to be joining us a little later in the show to talk about how COVID-19 is affecting officials. Uh, We kind of take them for granted. We talk about coaches, we talk about players, but seldom do we talk about officials. Robert Bird will be doing that for us. Opening segment sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of Southern Miss Athletics, and we're happy to say the Eagle Hour. We encourage you to... uh, Try them out the next time you have a taste for barbecue. We think you'll be happy with it. You can dine indoors here in Hattiesburg. You can go through the drive through window. Or they even have home delivery, but however you choose to enjoy it, just be sure you enjoy Dickie's Barbecue. All right, so the Golden Eagles finally break a six-game losing streak. We have finally uh, something to, positive to talk about uh, as they defeat North Texas uh, 41-31 to 31 in a game that uh, showed a lot of scoring, and it was just a good night uh, for the Golden Eagles, about 6,500 people in attendance. The crowd was not uh, what the head coach was talking about. He was just happy to get a win. Yeah, I could. I think there were times where we, we tried to revert back to, you know, panic mode where something bad happened, and, you know, we started to revert back to panic mode, and I, I really felt when those situations came up, I could feel us starting to revert back, but we had talked about it all week, overcoming adversity and just hey, playing one play at a time, being 1-0 in that play, and hey, guess what? If you make a mistake, just go play the next play. Play fearless. We talk about playing fearless, fast, physical. Well, playing fearless means I don't I make a mistake, I don't sit there and dwell on it. Let's move on. That's what a mature team does, and that's what I saw tonight is I saw a lot of poise, John. When mistakes happen, when things bad things happen, I didn't see a bunch of guys panicking. I saw them at first, toward, toward the end, at, the, at halftime, you know, start to run that, go that way a little bit, but then I saw a lot of guys rallying the troops. And again, I saw a lot of what we call PDAs this weekend. <clears throat> PDAs don't mean public displays of affection. PDAs mean player-driven actions. And uh, I saw a lot of PDAs this week where guys were telling guys to run off the field, hey, let's get to the ball. And when that happens, uh, I feel good about what's going to happen on Saturday because it's being driven by the players. Coach Walden, Bob, went on later uh, to talk about the, the running game. When you look at what, what Southern Miss did on the ground, pretty amazing. Uh, Frank Gore had uh, over 100 yards. Here's what he had to say about the offense. I mean, I'm so proud of Frank, you know, a freshman and, and what he's bringing to the table. He, he's an incredible player, guys, and he's going to be a really good one. And But I'll tell you what, I'm so, I, I, I don't know if I could be more proud of one guy, Darius Mayberry, a guy that's fought through his whole career, hadn't really got the results he wanted. We know what kind of player he is out of high school, out of Clinton, Mississippi, and we, we've watched his highlight tape over and over again. We know 
what he's got under the hood. And I think finally he played just, hey, he said, you know what, I'm just going to play with confidence and be me. And I, we talked before the game, and Coach Davis has done an amazing job with him, just talking to him about, hey, just be you. You know, it's enough. Just go be you. You ain't got to be special. Just go be you because you're a really good player. And uh, I give credit to Ryan Stanchek. He got that offensive line going tonight with, you know, Tykeen Dawes, Louis Smith, Coker Wright, Khalid Washington, uh, Bryce Foxworth. Got a, you know, Bryce Foxworth got a, an injury early in the game. He had to pop out and, I mean, just, just Tanner Hawthorne, all those guys, man. They, they, they rolled through there and fought Harvin Fletcher. Who can forget about him? You know, he, all those guys just, I thought, did an amazing job up front for us and, uh, and, and paved the way for those backs. All right, Scotty Luke. Walden, um, yeah, it's just the, the fact of what I loved, what he just said, was that it seemed as if going into this game, the players took far more responsibility to get each other right, to talk to each other, uh, to talk each other up. And, uh, it, man, it paid off. You, you saw them, Bob, kind of when North Texas started creeping back in the game, here's here's what's happening. What are we going to do? What's the mental makeup? It just was uh, the defense stopped when they needed to. Uh, at the end, they gave up that quick touchdown. But, man, at the end of the first half and uh, with those turnovers, I, I just felt there was mentally we were much better in this game, and it showed off physically as well. Well, clearly it's been the best performance of the year because they won now one and three with Florida Atlantic uh, up on the horizon. And look, I'm, I'm happy, Luke, like everybody, uh, to see them uh, get off the snide, break a six game losing streak and play much better. But I don't want to get ahead of myself, you know, and I, and I want to be honest about it. This was not the greatest team, uh, that they were playing and another really team really badly depleted, uh, from starters, starting players. With COVID-19, but you know what? You play who's on the schedule, and a win is a win. Am I right? And it's a whole lot better than losing another game. Yeah, and and what's surprising is the old cliche, home never comes fast enough. For the Golden Eagles this time, it was the road never comes fast enough. This was the game that Louisiana Tech probably should have been had we been a little more mentally sharp in the second half because we, we we were taking it to North Texas early. I thought the key turning point of the game, what a difference from last week. You you go in, this, um, you're leading deep in the second quarter, and then you give up 17 points to Tulane unanswered. And you go into mentally defeated, and you get blown out in the second half. I got. I feel like the Eagles got messed over at the end of the second half when they gave when when the clock ran out. We tackled the dude in bounds. They put eleven seconds back on the clock. Eagles come out and stop, knock a ball down in the end zone, and then they block a field goal. And you talk about just a difference a week makes, the momentum going into the locker room. Uh, but again, Frank Gore Jr., 23 carries, 130 yards. Darius Mayberry, a guy who uh, people forget this, he was the running back when Cam Akers, who's now playing for the Rams, went to Florida State. They were the backfield when Clinton won the state championship uh, four or five years ago. Now one of those guys playing in the NFL, Mayberry kind of got lost in the shuffle uh, because he, he tore his ACL and had some knee problems. 17 carries, 55 yards, two touchdowns. He looked electric on that second touchdown. Uh, Brownlee, again, was really good in the passing game. Uh, Jack's, you know, a little over 50% passing, but he, he made throws when he needed to. And uh, the, the defense, I mean, yeah, you, you give up plus 400 yards, but they, they did tackle better, and they, they made stops when they needed to. Well, the biggest difference was uh, the Golden Eagles got some running going uh, because Abraham had kind of an average night, uh, 100, 235 yards passing, 68 of those on one play. Uh, but offensively, the Golden Eagles churned out 223 yards rushing, and 
Luke, that's that's the best we've seen there in, gosh, maybe a year, maybe over a year. The best best rushing attack we've seen from the Golden Eagles in quite some time. They haven't, and we talked about the opportunities that they were going to have because North Texas was giving up a lot of yards a game. You know, don't worry about that. Just be thankful that you rush for for that much. Frank Gore Jr., as Scotty just said a minute ago, he's special, man. I mean, some of those genes made themselves pretty visible on Saturday night um, in, the, in the open field, uh, the mobility, the, the vision. Um, thankfully, he didn't try to pitch it when he was going down, as he has two other times this year. But I, I was just really, really um, – really proud of them for starting fast. I mean, that's one of the things we've seen with a Scotty Walden team. And even though we got blown out last week, the three games that he's been head coach, you know what they did? They started fast. This was the first time that they were able to finish fast and to get stops when they needed. So the Gold Eagles win 41-31 elsewhere around the league uh, over the weekend. UAB beat Texas San Antonio. That was their first loss of the year. The Blazers now 20 straight home victories. They win that game 21 to 13. Florida Atlantic, the uh, Golden Eagles' upcoming opponent, they get by Charlotte 21 17. Western Kentucky beats Middle Tennessee 20 to 17. BYU Friday night that uh, blows out Louisiana Tech 45 to 14. And Rice and Marshall postponed because of COVID. It's hard to believe, Luke Johnson, Rice is yet to play a football game. They won't play one till October 24th. Imagine if you would. We talk about how down the stretch Southern Miss would play Rice on Halloween. That will only be the second regular season game for the Rice Isles. They'll kick off their season on October 24th. They're just now starting preseason practice, I think, late last week. Uh, but, yeah, the one that surprised me, Mill Tennessee, kept it close. Um, I think UTSA is, is now really, even though they lost by eight, I think they're showing – that they're uh, somebody to be taken serious in the West. Louisiana Tech did obviously enjoy the sights too much as they got blown out. Um, Charlotte is is a good team, so don't let uh, Southern Miss fans don't let zero two Charlotte uh, only or North, Florida Atlantic only winning by four over an zero and two Charlotte team. Charlotte's good. Uh, Willie Taggart, who was at Florida State and was at Oregon before, is at Florida Atlantic. Um, you just wonder. Uh, Southern Miss now with four games in, they obviously have a little more experience than Florida Atlantic, and you got to come to the Rock, got to get on a plane, and got to come. Just hope it nothing COVID related pops up this week, so Eagles can play. Well, that's right. Our weather wise, we are believe it or not watching a potential hurricane again. Uh, that there's now some talk about it uh, being on the Mississippi Gulf Coast Friday afternoon. So we'll just have to watch uh, between COVID and hurricanes. 2020 just could not be much weirder. But the Golden Eagles do get a win. That felt good Saturday night, and I'm sure everybody listening today felt the same. Kelly Santer was watching, I know, because he was communicating with me throughout some of the evening, and we'll see what Kelly's thoughts are as the Golden Eagles break a six-game losing streak and uh, knock off North Texas, which they haven't done much here lately, but uh, they did this year. 41-31 Golden Eagles. Kelly Santer's thoughts next.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, welcome back to the Monday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob and Luke from the First Bank Studios here in Laurel and here in Hattiesburg and in Laurel, I guess I should say. Robert Bird up next to talk to us about officiating in the age of COVID. But Kelly Sander first. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. Great time to be buying some new Southern Miss swag with football season here. You can enjoy uh, their shopping uh, six days a week on Hardy Street right across from the campus, or you can go online to campusbookmark.net and uh, have it delivered right to your home. It was a good weekend hey, for Bob. Kelly Sander. Uh, yes, go ahead. But before we get to Kelly, we forgot to do this in the first segment. We need to give a big Eagle Hour congratulations to interim head coach Scotty Walden. With the win against North Texas, Scotty Walden has now passed Ellis Johnson for all-time career wins as head coach well, there at Southern you go. Miss. We, Congratulations, Coach Walden, on that accomplishment. Yes, we set the bar low around here, and uh, and certainly he jumped it, no question. Kelly Sander, a good weekend for you. Iowa State beats Oklahoma. This is hard to get out of my mouth because I say it so rarely. The Cincinnati Bengals won a football game, and Southern Miss breaks a six-game losing streak to uh, beat North Texas. So on a scale of 1 to 10, Sander, this had to be about a 10 for you. Well, in the words of Mike Leach, it was above average. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) In fact, that's the first time since 1960. 1960 was the last time Iowa State beat Oklahoma in Ames. Is that right? So that, that goes back a long, long time. And with the Bengal win now, they're only 850 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> and I did go. the math, Bob. I did the math. There we go. If I bet 100 bucks on the Bengals to win the Super Bowl, I would lose 100 bucks. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, that, that is the math you need to consider there. All right, Kelly. Now, you and I are the old guys on this show. So we have a, a little perspective, I suppose. Uh, North Texas, that, that's not like you just beat Michigan. But a, but a win's a win, Kelly. And when you've lost six in a row, you got to feel good about a win no matter where it comes and whoever's next on the schedule. So proud of the way the Eagles played on, on Saturday night. Um, you know, the offensive line, which has been much maligned, um, really, I thought, you know, collectively uh, played well. You know, because obviously, you know, Gore Jr. getting – some of the rushing yards, you know, that he did. They came up with some big plays defensively um, when they needed to. I just thought overall uh, they they responded really well to because it'd be let's be honest, it'd be really easy, particularly in this oddity of 2020, to just pack up the tent and and call it a season. Um, but they they were firing on all cylinders. Um, some areas of that needed attention from the weeks prior, you know, got cleaned up. And any time you went on the road, I don't care what conference you're in, um, I, I, it's just tough to do. And the fact that they went in there and uh, took care of North Texas like that. And who, who knows what this might uh, translate into. I did get to see every play of the Florida Atlantic's game on Saturday. The Owls are certainly not invincible. Um, their, their quarterback you know, is, is the make-or-break guy on that team. If, if the Eagles can contain him, and keep him in the pocket, um, then then the Eagles could very could could beat Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic is very beatable, and you know the Eagles get that one. And again, that confidence continues to build. But man, just it just it was so good to see the guys you know win 
on the road the way that they did. And uh, they're clearly, it was clearly the best effort of the season. Do you guys realize this is the first Southern Miss win we've had a chance to talk about since back in February when the baseball team beat Troy in a midweek game, Luke Johnson? I'm just happy. I mean, and, and more than anything, one of the things we had talked about was this is a six-game losing streak. We were halfway to, to, to 2012. Right. In three on the at the end of last year, three this year, uh, and and I think I should tell people uh, people should remember this. Don Ragsdale didn't play in this game. Swayze Bozeman didn't play in this game. Central Latham didn't play in this game. Trace Clopton didn't play in this game. Foxworth got hurt early. That's our left guard. You got to talk about Louis Smith from the coast, redshirt freshman making his first career start. And man, he did really good at center. Uh, some, some linebackers came in. The, the fumble recovery in the first half, TQ Newsom, who was a, a running back that they converted to linebacker. He plays probably the most he's ever played as a Golden Eagle. Man, he looked good out there. Um, Hayes Maples from Oak Grove led the Eagles with 10 tackles. So this just wasn't Southern Miss beating North Texas on the road. This was a lot of young guys making either their first start or playing the most minutes of their Southern Miss career so far leading the Eagles to a road win. And, and Luke, I thought, I thought Brandon Hayes out of Oak Grove played real well. Yes. You know, and, and I think he played uh, mul- multiple positions. You know, sometimes they you know, shifted him out of the backfield. Sometimes he was in the slot. Sometimes he was out wide. So to have some versatility like that, you know, will certainly – Certainly, and I think he's, we, he's we have to give a shout game. out to the officials uh, on the, the touchdown pass from Jack Abraham to Demarcus Jones. I didn't know if you guys saw this or not, but the umpire gave an excellent pick block. Uh, Demarcus ran across the middle, and uh, the North Texas defender literally ran into the umpire as he just kind of stood there, and uh, Demarcus was able to bounce free. So usually yeah, we complain was, about the officials on the Eagle Hour, but give them a shout out for that one. And what was funny to me when I, I remember the exact play you're talking about is the referee just stood there, and the guy from North Texas fell to the ground and didn't get up for about a minute. <laughs> it's like hitting the referee, like like running a semi into a moose, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think just hitting the referee rung the guy's bell. So, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a great weekend, great weekend for the Eagles, and good for them, you know? Well, they needed to win badly, obviously, and, and no question, it was a big improvement, though. A big improvement in fundamental play than from the week previous. I, I did pick up on the uh, the guys on the broadcast Saturday night, the TV broadcast, saying that the Golden Eagles had spent an extraordinary amount of time during the week tackling, just putting on pads and tackling during practice. And I thought it paid off. I thought the I thought if there was anything that was a big improvement, it was a the tackling and and b obviously. Uh, being able to – how big a difference does it make, Kelly Sander, when you can run the football? Did we not see that Saturday night? And, and again, we, we joked about the Bengals, but uh, but Joe Mixon yesterday ran for 135 yards. Yeah, it makes all the difference. Makes all the it, difference. It, it, it sure does. It takes a lot of pressure uh, off your quarterback, and, and the quarterback is getting to be more and more of a pressure – commodity and you need to protect that commodity by being able to run and i think the golden eagle running game came through in a night when the quarterback play was pretty average so i mean the you know the uh i thought the the running game was the key but you know what bob if if you are able to run the ball you can get away with average quarterback right okay sure for sure you know so and, and am I coming back last segment or do I need to get in some of these, these other headlines? Real well, quick? we'll bring you back, but go ahead okay. anyway. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, uh, COVID is having its um, feeling its effect around the state. The first college games that were played last Thursday night, one of the games was canceled because of uh, the COVID 
uh, epidemic. MACCC started its season last Thursday. Meanwhile, not COVID-related, but weather-related with another yet another hurricane brewing out in the Gulf. Some, a lot of the high school teams in Mississippi now are shifting games to Thursday night, already confirmed moving their games to Thursday night. Include the big Oak Grove Meridian battle. East, Central, and Wayne County have moved their game to Thursday night. Biloxi and Ocean Springs, obviously two teams from the coast who are affected by any weather that comes on board. Uh, that game has been moved to Thursday. And one of the small, some of the smaller schools, including Lumberton and Salem, they have moved their game to Thursday night. And Luke, I think some of the Jones County schools are now doing the same, yes? Yeah, Taylorsville, Tykes, the Tulane commit coming in to face the Mustangs. That'll be Thursday night. We'll be there with Super Talk Laurel uh, calling that one. So, yeah, Jones College off this week, so able to to be able to cover West Jones and Taylorsville. That's a classic. I can remember as a sophomore, um, Kelly, Jason Campbell burning us in the last minute for an 80-yard touchdown to beat us. So, yeah, uh, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that we're not going to let COVID or a hurricane defeat us this week. And it looks like, uh, from all indications, the Southern Miss officials are saying that the Florida Atlantic game is still on for that three o'clock start uh, this Saturday. That they think most of the weather will be will be through. Might 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 be a little wet Saturday, but certainly able to play uh, with the with the surface there at Southern Miss. So right now, no change in the kickoff time between Southern Miss and the Owls of Florida Atlantic, scheduled for three o'clock. The Eagles looking to extend. A winning streak. That's right. I there we it. go. How about that? And I think, Kelly, during during the next segment, though, before we bring you back, if you would be so kind, check on Presbyterian Christian School and let's see if uh, they're moving their game since obviously we broadcast uh, we broadcast those games. It'd be nice to know if they're going to play on Thursday night or Friday night. Another hurricane. Can can one believe it? But don't you get the sense? I mean, we have seen this happen so much this year, and then it, at the last minute, it veers off in another direction. Kelly Sanity, you kind of get the sense this one's going to hit us. I do. Uh, luckily, I say luckily, they're saying it would max out at a level at a two, mm-hmm. which is still, I mean, it's a, a hurricane's a hurricane, right? Right. Um, but hope, we'll just keep our fingers crossed. Um, but it's going to hit somewhere, right? <laughs> It's going to be bad luck for somebody. <laughs> You're right. Let's hope it's somebody else. Is that is that a bad thing to say? I don't know. I don't know. All right, Kelly, you'll come back in the fourth segment? Yeah, I'll get working on that, Bob, see if I can come All up right. with an answer. More from Kelly Sander in just a bit. Robert Bird's going to talk to us here in just a moment. He's a Super Talk manager. Uh, the manager, actually, of one of our affiliates, a referee of high school and college, state director of the Baseball Players Association from Mississippi and Louisiana, going to talk to us about officiating in the age of COVID-19 when the Eagle Hour continues. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us this afternoon. Kelly Sander will be rejoining us a little later in the show. We're broadcasting today from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg, and uh, we are glad you're with us wherever you're tuned in. 
Our next guest, Robert Byrd, is a manager, a market manager with Super Talk Mississippi. Happy to say that uh, Robert, one of Robert's stations over in Pike County, is one of our Super Talk affiliates, and we're very grateful to him for that. In addition to being a great radio guy, Robert is also a longtime referee of high school and college uh, basketball, baseball, and softball. And I think, are you with me, Robert? I'm afraid we may have just lost him. We're sorry. All right, Luke, take over and let me reconnect with Robert Bird, please. So, yeah, one of the reasons we're talking to Robert today is because he's been an official, and, and that's really one of the ways that we haven't, one of the angles we haven't talked about uh, with COVID-19. I've been calling high school football games uh, the last four weeks was at Northeast Jones in Richland out in East Jones County Friday night, and we talked to the coaches and, and the protocols they put in and with the players and, and uh, how everybody is, is adapting. And, man, just uh, West Jones this week, uh, a team that we'll cover Thursday night here in Laurel, is coming off quarantine. But an angle that we have not taken at all and, and to, to get on is the uh, is the the official angle. I think we've got Robert back. Right, we've got Robert. Back. Talk to us uh, just kind of in in general some of the challenges and that you guys have faced this year. You being on the JUCO and the high school level, it we, we really don't sometimes think about officials. Sometimes we're mad at them, but you guys do a great job. It's just kind of been a wonky year for everybody, but officials included in that. Absolutely it has been. I appreciate you guys letting me come on. Yeah, it's it's been a little different this year and some challenges that, you know, we've had to adjust to. And uh, with the JUCO season just starting last week, uh, still kind of figuring out some of those things. But we've got some good leadership among the Mississippi Association of Community Colleges now and uh, at the Mississippi High School Activities Association that has set forth some really good guidelines and uh, all the safety precautions that are in place and trying to follow those sometimes has, has become challenging. But uh, certainly probably the biggest thing is uh, I'm sure you've watched uh, college football on TV and have seen college games, and um, and we're recommended and strongly encouraged to wear masks throughout the game. And um, that can be tough running up and down the field uh, with a mask on. So that's probably one of the greatest challenges. But at the High School Activities Association level, of course, when we go to a game on Friday night, uh, we uh, actually get our temperature took and uh, before we before we get dressed and get out on the field. So that's kind of some different changes, and of course, some some of the guidelines that the High School Activity Association set forth about moving the team box is a little different this year. So we're trying to have to watch the sideline area as well to make sure social distancing is happening with the players. And uh, now we've got our eyes on a few other things during the game. So Robert, is that happening? I mean, is there actually are they maintaining social distancing? I know there's been some situations where I think it's fair to say they let more people in the stands than they were supposed to. Uh, has it been possible to maintain those kind of guidelines on the field with the teams? Yeah, you know, and again, like I said, the the guidelines that have been set forth uh, from from the top at the Mississippi High School Activity Association and with the Mississippi Association of Community Colleges uh, uh, has been – uh, probably the biggest difference, and I'm sure you've seen some of the uh, the team boxes moved from the 25 uh, for players only all the way to the from the 10 to the 10 now on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. That's not for coaches in high school. It's from the 10 to the 10 for players only, and that's something that you know has been a challenge of uh, uh, keeping our eye on that, making sure that it's just players down at the 10 yard line. The coaches still have to stay in that 25 to 25 yard team box. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, in college, it's extended to the 15, but uh, from the 15 to the 15. And, you know, we try our best to manage what's happening in between the, the, uh, the boundaries and uh, try our best to manage what we can as far as the sideline usually or uh, we usually let our clock operators kind of help police that on the sidelines because they have a little bit better uh, view of that mm-hmm. up top. And, of course, most of our crews use radios so uh, with communication among our officials, and we're able to kind of manage it that way. Robert, is the atmosphere once the game gets going, is it just like normal like it always has been, or is there a different atmosphere surrounding these games because of all the COVID restrictions? Well, you know, it does seem like it seems like things got to normal. There's a little different feel to it, but you know, the atmosphere, you know, with the 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 band playing and at most of these places, um, the band is playing and cranked up, and uh, the the fans are cheering, and uh, it it's still football. I mean, that's the good thing about it that we're able to play football. And I'll be honest with you guys. We played way more football, baseball, and softball this fall than I thought we were going to get to play. Right. So, uh, so I think everybody's excited about being back out there and for the opportunity for these guys uh, to get on the field and do what they love. Now, Robert, have any of your associates, uh, other officials, has anyone that you're aware of contracted COVID? And personally, how, how much concern do you have about uh, being in, in potential exposure? Well, you know, and that's a good question, and, you know, and I'm sad to report that we've actually lost a couple of officials over here in southwest Mississippi due to uh, COVID-19 by dying. Uh, A couple of our longtime officials, uh, a couple of veteran officials passed away uh, in the last last four or five months by contracting the virus. So uh, our officiating crews and our whole association takes the matter pretty serious. So, uh, you know, we want to do the best we can to – uh, follow those guidelines and continue to follow those guidelines during the football season and during all these sporting events that we have uh, because of it hitting so close to home among our own group of officials. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. I, I didn't realize yeah. that. And uh, yeah, I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that gives that gives a new reality to it. Now, Robert, we're going to get Luke back involved in the conversation, but I've got to ask you this age-old question. Now that we have an official on the show with us. <laughs> Right. You guys don't care who wins a football game, do you? You could really care less. You're, you don't ever go on the field trying to edge something in one direction or another. Is that correct? You are absolutely right, Bob. And I'll tell you, you know, one of the, the best uh, definitions of being an official is this. And I was taught this some time ago. And it is the one I use over and over and over again. You're right. We, we, we don't care who wins or loses. What we're there to do and what we are getting – paid to do is to manage the game in such a way that give both teams an equal opportunity uh, to win the game, to play by the rules, and that's what we're there to do, to make to ensure that both teams have that equal opportunity to win. Now, ensure, Luke, uh, make him understand. I already know that, where he's that, going that's, with it. I'm not even going to let right, you talk. Robert? <laughs> I'm not even going to let you talk. Now, Robert, yeah. listen. Yeah. My, as my dad says, Bob Getty, not about Bob, but in general, my dad has a quote, and I would apply it to Bob here. You're so full of bull, they're going to call you a Christmas turkey. Okay? So here, yeah. here's, here's where he's going with that. Okay, He has no care or concern about your opinion. He's using you right now, and we should make it for the second week in a row, Bob Getty, when Washington was forced to change their name to the Washington football team, all Bob Getty wanted to do was to get on the Saints bandwagon. 
So he, he's using you right now. Don't fall into the trap. I would commend you on not having to go through the deep state training of the NFL so that you will not be biased against the New Orleans Saints. Right. You know, and that play has been used over and over again in training videos over and over and over again. So, oh, did you hear that, Luke? That don't make you feel better. Other than that, yeah, we training them with not what to do. <laughs> anyway, Robert, um, I kind of smiled when you were talking about the box being extended because a couple weeks ago, uh, I had a we, we had a, a, a sideline warning. A team had got a sideline warning in the first half, and then they threw another flag on the team, and they were about to give them a fifteen yard penalty when the official realized, oh, I was wrong because I ran into it. You know, he 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 saw a player at like the fifteen yard line, and so you know, even sometimes some of these changes, it, you you got to keep that in your mind because the officials can say, oh, that's that's always been a penalty and forget it's 2020 right that's exactly right and you know and and you know there's there's new rules that come along every year so we just had to adapt to some some new the new rule changes plus some safety guidelines that were thrown into the mix that we're having to juggle now but hey over all in all though these guys uh the ones that i know they love doing it they love being on the field they love the uh they love being part of the game most of us played uh, and got to play, and uh, this is kind of us getting to relive some of our youth, I guess, in many cases, getting out on the field and being amongst the action uh, on Friday nights and on Thursday nights and Saturdays, whatever the case may be. But uh, it is a, a great opportunity, and I'll tell you what, if anybody's out there listening, there's a great opportunity for officiating uh, wherever you live at. I promise you there's, uh, there's uh, a need for uh, officials in your area, wherever that might be. All right, Robert. Thirty seconds left. Have you got a preference? I know you do basket. I mean, you do you do softball, you do baseball, you do football. Is there one you enjoy any more than the other? You know what, Bob? I really enjoy college softball. I really, really love it. And, uh-huh. uh, I like I like being part of that. I like being. I love all of it. But if I had to choose which one I had to do every day, it would be the college softball. I just really enjoy it. It's fast paced and uh, just. I, I love being part of all of it, but that would be my first choice for sure. Well, Robert, we want to thank you for all you do. We want to thank you for running our show over there on one of your radio stations every day. Uh, You're a great part of the Super Talk family, and you give an awful lot of your time uh, refereeing uh, these uh, kids' games so that everybody can enjoy the sports that they go out to play. And we thank you for that, brother, and we thank you for your time on the Eagle Hour. Hey, sounds good. Y'all do a great job. Thank you, Bob. All right, man. Robert Bird, everybody, who manages the uh, Super Talk cluster of stations in the macomb pike county area in his spare time (laughs) and then umpires baseball softball football college and junior college all right when we come back kelly santa returns and uh, we're going to try to find out what may be happening with pcs high school and kind of wrap things up on a monday stay with us Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Monday, Golden Eagles defeat North Texas over the weekend, 41-31. to 31. Eagles get their first win of the season. Scotty Walden with the first uh, win of his 
career. Appreciate uh, just our, our guest today. And, man, it's good, just better on a Monday to be able to celebrate a Golden Eagle win. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg, located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and online, toyotahattiesburg.com. Also want to tell you about D-Bat and D-1 Training, a baseball and softball academy in Hattiesburg on Hardy Street slash Highway 98 in the old Gaddytown building. On the left side, D-Bat, the softball uh, baseball academy. On the right, D-1 Training, weights, indoor running facilities, great facilities. Go check out D-Bat and D-1 Training. couple news and notes. Conference USA announced today that the October 17th football game between Southern Miss and UTEP out in El Paso kickoff now at 6.30 p.m. And, hey, guys, it's going to be on ESPN2. So Golden Eagles will uh, play uh, two of their uh, first, I guess, six games uh, on, a nas- on national television uh, on the ESPN network. So UTEP and Southern Miss out in El Paso, 6.30 p.m. broadcast on ESPN2. couple notes from the – 41-31 victory uh, this weekend. Uh, Frank Gore Jr. rushed for 130 yards. That is the most by a Golden Eagle in two years. Stravinsky Mosley rushed for 142 yards back on October 20th, 2018. Uh, also, Arvin Fletcher started his 40th consecutive game out there at right tackle for the Golden Eagles. Uh, the Golden Eagles forced three turnovers, all fumble recoveries, and they have now got at least one turnover in uh, the last four games. So, uh, yeah, happy Monday. Golden Eagles win, 41-31. Kelly, uh, you're back with us. Pick up any other news on the high school front? Yeah, just, just since our last segment, uh, three more. Well, actually four now. Luke Laurel has moved its game as well. But just since our last segment, Goche and Pascagoula have announced they're moving their game to Thursday night. East Marion and St. Patrick are doing the same. Of course, St. Patrick on the Gulf Coast. And the Battle of Highway 589, the two Lamar County, uh, two Lamar County high schools, Purvis and Summerall, the Battle for 589 also being moved. To and you can expect that that list will probably grow as the day goes on and as that uh, the weather forecast becomes a little bit more into focus. But this all, of course, because of the next storm uh, forming out in the Mississippi Gulf Coast, which is supposed to impact us uh, sometime you know, later in the week. So a lot of the high school football teams trying to get these games in, but moving the games to Thursday night. This crazy. What a crazy year, right? What a crazy year. Yeah, and then we got uh, the election You know it's coming bad up and- when, when, when the hurricanes, they had to start over with the names. You know, if you got an A through Z, I guess, and then you start over with the Greek alphabet. So this one that's churning out there right now is, uh, is Tropical Storm Delta. Hmm. What were you going to say, that, Kelly? And obviously that means you're, you're four letters in, so that's 30 storms. <laughs> right? 30 storms that have had a name, and, and, this- and we're not even finished. No, it's just the yet. first week of October, too, right? Yeah, because I think hurricane season goes, what, to second week in November? Something right. like that? Right. So. Hey, I'm going to bring up something, Kelly, because we've got a couple of minutes left, and you can speak to this better than anybody. We, we've talked about this since March, about COVID affecting high school football, junior college football, all this. I had the sense that over the last few weeks, people have kind of let their guard down a little bit. And then here comes the governor, and he he drops the statewide mandate of masks, uh, you know, from a statewide standpoint. But we're starting to see a surge, upcoming surge. You know, it's gotten into the White House. We've, we're seeing it now in the NFL. 
Uh, we're seeing it everywhere. As a guy that has experienced this, how about a word of caution from you for the people out there that may think this is over and behind us? What would you say to them, Kelly? I, I understand why the governor made the decision that he made, um, and I, I do understand that. But, but in the same breath, he also said, look, we know enough about this now. Each person knows their particular set of risk factors. Okay, we know that the college kids, although they get it and are spreading it, we know that they, it doesn't hit them as hard, generally speaking. Even though the governor has lifted his mask mandate, I am going to wear a mask, which I'm totally you know, free to do because I'm, I'm old and I'm fat. Those are two not very good categories to be in. So I don't, you know, you just have to use something that's not very common anymore, and it's called common sense. And if you're in those risk categories, please continue to wear your masks and make decisions because we do have, you know, uh, Thanksgiving coming up and, of course, Christmas at the end of the year, and you see these spikes usually after big holidays when families, you know, get together. So just think, use common sense, and you have to protect yourself first. You got to look out for number one, but then just be wise in the decisions that you make. All right, good advice from Kelly Sander. And he'll be back tomorrow. Luke will be back tomorrow. The whole crew back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. We appreciate you tuning in each and every day. And until tomorrow at 1, Southern Miss. To the top. Mississippi Media Production.